Welcome back once again. Last night's recording had horrible audio, so I wanted to get back on here and get the cobwebs out and uh, dust off the machine, so to speak, and get back into the flow. So we're going to push the limit as far as we can on Spotify uh, using Anchor, this platform. And we're going to try to do it while respecting community guidelines. And a lot of the opinions expressed in this podcast are going to be uh, politically incorrect, to put it lightly. But I believe that we are living in a time of a grand deception that the magical wand of Hollywood and the mainstream media is being waved in front of everyone's eyes. And most people are in a stupor and they are literally asleep at the wheel. And I don't know if it's the fluoride in the water. I don't know if it's the 5G. I don't know if it's all the Wi-Fi. I don't know if it's all the porn and sports and fapping and pharmaceutical medications and alcohol and all of the endocrine disruptors and chemicals in the food and the water. But we are living in a society where if, if you feel like I do, and you walk into a grocery store or you're just out and about, it seems like we are surrounded by a lot of people that are operating in a zombified state. And part of being pacified uh, is a gradual removal of the motivation and the strength to speak from the heart and to speak the mind. And we we're supposedly living in the land of the free and the home of the brave, where we had all these amendments that meant something. And then all of a sudden, you weren't allowed to say this. And all of a sudden, you weren't allowed to say that. And now you're going to hurt this person's feeling, and you're going to offend this group, and you're going to offend that group, and you're racist, or you're anti-Semitic, or you're Islamophobic, or you're transphobic, or you're homophobic, or you're agrophobic, or you're whatever ism or phobia you have, eventually it became to where people had a fear of being doxxed. And I don't even think that was a word 10 years ago. I don't know where all these words come from. But now in the Urban Dictionary, if you're doxxed, you basically lose your job and, and everyone ostracizes you because you are expressing opinions and belief systems that are counter to the generally accepted narrative. Now, I don't know who the audience is on this channel, and I have a channel on TikTok at un unchained.brain, unchained.brain, and you got to really toe the line on TikTok. You cannot speak freely there. If you get out of line at all, your video gets taken down, and if you get out of line too much, you lose your account. And so that account for me has been more of a vehicle to talk about holistic wellness because I have always battled depression. And when I got off of the performance enhancing drugs from bodybuilding, my 30s were a disaster. And if it wasn't for my amazing wife and my family, I never would have got through it because I had a nervous breakdown at a certain point. And holistic wellness, all the different biohacks that I talk about in the book really brought me back to life. And so I don't give medical advice, but I will say that 
the information in the Unchained Life Manual will really change my life. So where I'm going with this is that a lot of people on TikTok follow the channel because we talk a lot about testosterone and testosterone biohacking. And I believe that our society is either being intentionally or quote, accidentally poisoned by endocrine disruptors and herbicides and pesticides like atrazine and Roundup that are pretty much in everything, including the water that flows into your home from the city. And all of this stuff is causing a massive decrease in testosterone and it's, it's, there's an attack on masculinity. So in my opinion, we don't have a problem with toxic masculinity. We have a problem with a lack of masculinity, a lack of strong men and a lack of strong fathers and a lack of strong men who are willing to stand up for what they know is morally right because they have been pacified. Now, either they've had their testosterone lowered or they're put in a situation of fear and intimidation because they're afraid they're going to lose their job by getting doxxed. Maybe they were forced to get a certain injection uh, because they didn't have a choice and maybe they were being threatened to lose their job if they didn't. So we're in very dangerous times where you know, a grown man with a wife and children and a mortgage who is making $150,000 a year and that's the only employer around and he doesn't know how to get another job is going to be backed into a corner. They're not going to be able to speak their mind. They're not going to be able to say certain things. They're going to have to toe the line and they may be forced to take something that they absolutely do not want to take, even if it's against their religious beliefs. And if they don't, they lose their job. We've never seen anything like this happen before, at least in my lifetime. So that's very unhealthy. And eventually when you don't speak freely, you have imbalances that cause anxiety and depression and anger and frustration and insomnia and irritability and all of these things because the throat is an energy meridian just like the solar plexus and just like the root, which is the perineum, and just like the heart. And the, the thyroid is a gland and it's been poisoned with bromine and fluoride. Iodine used to be used to clean bread making equipment and somebody had the interesting idea to take away iodine and use bromine. And then all of a sudden people started getting goiter. And now we have a situation where their thyroid problems are rampant and we don't get iodine anymore because bromine is in pretty much everything. And so is fluoride. And those two things compete for the receptor sites that the iodine wants in the, in the thyroid glands, in the ovaries, in the testes and in breast tissue. So I don't want to go too far off the rails here on iodine, but it's one more component that is literally uh, causing toxicity in the center, in the energy center that is responsible for communication. And if you can't speak freely, you will have imbalances elsewhere in the body. So it is up to us to speak freely. Now, how much can we do that on Spotify? We're going to find out because there is 
so many things about this reality that are confusing people. And it seems like we are living in, in literally an inverted reality where evil is good and sodomy needs to be promoted to everyone as great. And we need to promote it to children. And it's in, it's in schools. It's in the education system. You have kids at school that are being subjected to drag shows and, and sexualization at a very, very young age. And it is, it is, it seems like a Twilight Zone episode because as a husband and a father and someone who homeschools his children, I look at what goes on in these public schools and I can't believe how far we've fallen from professionalism and maturity and morality and innocence and authentic desire to educate children so they become better. Now, it's not like my junior high and high school experience was anything to write home about, but it's in a completely different universe than what we're seeing now. And if you're a parent and your kids are in public schools, you know what I'm talking about. We have relatives whose children are in public schools and it is unbelievable what's going on. There was a 12-year-old in a local middle school recently that committed suicide. A 12-year-old from cyberbullying took his own life because he didn't think there was a way out. Now, 30 years ago, you didn't have the technology that we have now. These kids can't escape it. 30 years ago, typically people would fight it out. Now what happens is these kids are harassed 24-7 and they have nowhere to turn. And in many times, they're living in a home where it's a, a divorce situation and they either have only the mother at home and she's busy, she's working, she's preoccupied, she's stressed out about bills and life, or maybe she's trying to go clubbing because she uh, felt like maybe becoming a mother at too young of an age uh, took her away from the party life and she's trying to go find herself. And meanwhile, the 12-year-old is at home alone getting harassed on the phone and has nowhere to escape and eventually thinks that suicide is the only way out. And that's a, that is a monumental problem. And I can't even imagine that as a parent. And there's parents out there that are dealing with this stuff. And as a collective, we need to come together to fix it. We have to come together to fix it. We cannot give up hope in this insane, upside down, clown show, snowflake, woke, lunatic of a world that we're currently living in. It is, it doesn't feel like home anymore. I've gotten to a point where I feel like I'm yearning for a place that I don't even know exists. And I just want the best for my children. And I just want to shelter them from the evil and the depravity and the agenda that's being pushed on them. And listen, I want to be clear because I want to respect community guidelines. There is no hatred here. The desire here is only to expose facts. And I believe that you should be able to love who you want to love in the privacy of your own home as long as you keep it off the airwaves and keep it out of the cartoons and keep it out of the movie plots and don't do your parades in front of children and keep it out of the schools. If, if you just want equality 
and you just want to be left alone and you're part of that community, keep your lifestyle to yourself. What goes on between my wife and I in our private time is not publicized. We don't, we don't put it out there for the world to see. It's private and it's intimate and it's special and it's sacred. And that's something that should be instilled in the minds of children when they're old enough to handle the material. And when I say the material, I mean responsible sexual education, understanding pregnancy and understanding the reproductive process and understanding how these hormones work and understanding why their bodies are going through these changes. That's something that parents should be mature and confident enough in discussing with their kids. That should not be left to some teacher who might be an Antifa member who is making 36 grand a year, who most likely hates their job, who is teaching some agenda to these kids when they're in third or fourth or fifth grade, even kindergarten in, in, in some cases. There's articles out there where some of this material is being pushed on kindergartners. Now, like I said a minute ago, there is no hatred here, but we need to examine the issues that face us and we have to be able to talk about stuff candidly without people's feelings getting hurt and without someone calling out for the ADL. Like, let's just talk about things factually and under try to understand the motivation of this agenda and where it could possibly be coming from. Now, the thing about factual information and statistics is that they don't lie. And the crazy thing about the internet is that if you dig hard enough, you can find articles to probably quote unquote prove or quote unquote disprove any theory that you have. And that's why we're in the situation of divisiveness that we're currently in because everybody thinks that they're right. So as far as the agenda, as far as the LGBT and all the other initial agenda against children that seems to be infecting the public school system and now pushing drag shows on children like it's supposed to be some kind of cute experience to enrich them as, as people, you need to peel back some layers of the onion and look at what really goes on in that particular community. There's an article that the Baptist Press published all the way back in May of 2002, and it's called Pedophilia More Common Among Homosexuals. Child molestation and pedophilia occur far more commonly among homosexuals than among heterosexuals on a per capita basis, according to a new study. Overwhelming evidence supports the belief that homosexuality is a sexual deviancy, often accompanied by disorders that have dire consequences for our culture, wrote Stephen Baldwin in Child Molestation and the Homosexual Movement, which was soon to be published by the Regent University Law Review. Uh, that's after the Stanford Law Review backed out from the publication. Baldwin, back in 2002, was the executive director for the Council for National Policy in Washington, D.C. 
He says, it is difficult to convey the dark side of the homosexual culture without appearing harsh, wrote Baldwin. However, it's time to acknowledge that homosexual behavior threatens the foundation of Western civilization and the nuclear family. Though the homosexual community and much of the media scoff at such accusations, Baldwin, who chaired the California Assembly's Education Committee, where he fought up against support for the homosexual agenda in the state's public schools, says in his report that homosexual activists' efforts to target children both for their own sexual pleasure and to enlarge the homosexual movement constitute an unmistakable attack on the family unit. Baldwin's research is substantiated in a recently completed body of work written by Judith Reisman, president of the Institute for Media Education, former member of the Mies Pornography Commission, and author of numerous authoritative books debunking sexual myths, including Kinsey, Crimes, and Consequences. And if you look into Kinsey's work, it is absolutely disgusting, and he was performing sexual experiments on infants. That's how depraved this culture gets. And this is not homophobia. This is discussing statistics that have an impact potentially on our children and the educational system. So Reisman goes on to say sexually, let's see. So Psychologist Eugene Abel, whose research found that homosexuals sexually molest young boys with an incidence that is occurring from five times greater than the molestation of girls because they prefer boys, Abel found that non-incarcerated child molesters admitted from 23.4 to 281 different acts of molestation whose targets were males. The rate of homosexual versus heterosexual child abuse is staggering. Reisman wrote, she said, of 150 boys abused per male homosexual offender, finds no equal yet in heterosexual violations of 19.8 girls. So on average, the homosexual male abused 150 boys. That's unbelievable. It just, it, it doesn't make sense that this wouldn't be more discussed. And when you think about how data like this could just be swept under the rug and then this agenda could be rolled out under the guise of equality and we just want to be treated equally and we want to get married and all these things that they say. That's truly not what's going on. And if you want a bill to prove that, there was a state bill in California that was passed by a homosexual senator representing District 11 called SB 145, which is called, it's modifying the Sex Offender Registration Act. And what it does is if a homosexual male of the age of 22 is to sodomize a 12-year-old boy, they no longer have to register as a sex offender. 
So that's basically saying in law that the proclivities of homosexual males are to sodomize young boys. And now they have a bill that has been passed, which, which basically protects them. And it is all hidden under verbiage and the disguise of equality. And it is trying to pull on people's heartstrings to, to get people to believe that, that what, that they're, they're just innocent and this isn't a big deal. And I mean, you think about our youth that's basically being poisoned by endocrine disruptors and different uh, hormones in the, in the food and all of the different chemicals in the, in the, in the skincare products and the shampoos and the lotions and the conditioners. And they're growing up in a single, a single uh, divorced home. Maybe they're growing up with a single mother who's gone all the time and they're going to be, they're going to be preyed upon by predators that are 10 years older than them. And we live in a time where this agenda is in the music, it's in the movies, it's, it's basically ubiquitous. It's, it's being pushed so hard by Hollywood. It's in kids' cartoons. It's in kids' books. So when are we going to realize that this is an attack on the family unit and we have to do things diplomatically now because if you get angry, if you start name calling, you know, if you lose control, then all of a sudden you're homophobic, all of a sudden you're racist, all of a sudden you're evil, all of a sudden you're doxxed. But stats and facts don't care about your feelings. Statistics don't lie. They don't lie. Crime statistics don't lie. And the research has been done. I've got another one for you. And people aren't going to like this. And this will get you called racist instantly. Because, you know, during election years, Black Lives Matter is a really big deal. But then as soon as the election's over, that kind of goes away. And then the founders buy their mansions and they don't help all the impoverished communities that they build their platform on and so on and so forth. If you've done your research. Okay. But here's where you're going to get called a racist. It's an uncomfortable truth, but blacks commit crimes at nearly three times the rate that whites do. Blacks commit 36% of the violent crime in the U S even though they're only 13% of the population. I saw a recent crime statistic saying that they commit 60% of all violent crime. The cycle of black crime begins with the breakdown of family values that has 72% of black pregnancies, creating low-income single-parent households because typically the father does not stick around. This article also goes on to say that uh, there's no systemic racism in, in the U.S. judicial system and the parity in the black crime rates in the U.S. and black crime rates in the U.K. prove that there is no institutional racial bias and that the judicial system is not unfairly targeting blacks 
and they are saying that they commit disproportional amounts of violent crime compared to other races. Here is another article. African-American men represent 6% of the population, but commit 52% of the murders. And this is all the way back. So this is a, a stat that the DOJ did, Department of Justice, between 1980 and 2008. Their data showed the African-American men committed 52% of the murders in the United States. And there is a link to the full study, uh, which I can put on Telegram or uh, maybe I will include the link in the description of the video. Uh, I will also include the link to the uh, Baptist Press article. The FBI has more recent data that paints a similar picture. 38% uh, of murders committed by African Americans. Um, understanding these numbers helps put the BLM issue in context. Based on the raw data, it would take police officers 40 years to kill as many black men as have died at the hands of other black men in 2016 alone. There's a huge problem in the African-American community. We must insist on professional policing and shouldn't tolerate unjustified shootings, but we also must do something to help stem the tide of violence committed by African-American men. I wish I was wrong. I really wish I do. Instead of sending me a check for $500, please find a way to get involved with African-American community, get in the game and try to help change these numbers. We need to come together simply calling the police and white people in general racist won't solve the issue. It will make it worse. So here's where it gets even crazier. The top 10 cities for mass shootings, all of them are run by the Democratic Party, and all of them have the most strict gun laws in the nation. So there is a direct correlation between the amount of gun control and higher gun violence. So the more gun control you have, the more gun violence you have. So doesn't that sound counterintuitive? If guns were the problem and you made it really hard for law-abiding citizens to get guns, then why is there all the gun crime? Maybe because criminals don't care. Maybe because you can create all the gun laws that you want and criminals do not, they simply do not care and they will find a way to get illegal guns and they will be more brazen and emboldened to create to commit the crimes because they're not worried about a good Samaritan who has a concealed weapons permit who is going to save the day. So Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, Houston, Baltimore, Detroit, Washington, D.C., New Orleans, Atlanta, and St. Louis. Those are the top cities for mass shootings. They all have Democratic leadership. And I am not political at all, but obviously one of the uh, foundations for the Democrat Party is gun control. Check this study out. This is by uh, The New American. This study suggests that more concealed carry permits equate to less crime. Imagine that, a bunch of honest, hardworking, tax-paying citizens that have families and mortgages and concealed weapons permits who are willing to save the day if necessary 
are going to keep their counties safer. Imagine that. And imagine if the word got out to the criminals that this particular county had all of these law-abiding citizens that carried guns responsibly. And if you got out of line or you tried to rob a bank or you tried to shoot up a movie theater or a school, that you were going to F around and find out. I got to be careful with the swearing on the platform. They're going to screw around. They're going to find out. That's how it works. So I want to live in a world where we speak truth, where the truth is just unchained, where you can speak from the heart and speak your mind and be candid and do it in an intellectual way without anger, without frustration, without excessive swearing, without uh, any kind of quote unquote racist or phobic energy talking about facts. Facts don't care about your feelings. Statistics don't lie. And if we start paying attention to the statistics, if we pay attention to the facts and the statistics, then we're going to be able to have better conversations. And when we have better conversations, we have deeper understanding. And when we have deeper understanding, we have higher realization. And when we get to higher realization, we have a shift in collective consciousness and we all start to believe this way instead of living our lives with our tails tucked between our legs, sending our kids off to the indoctrination center in the morning, AKA public school, where they're going to be brainwashed and prepared to be a slave in the matrix where they're working from eight in the morning until six at night, Monday through Friday for the next 50 years of their life. Being implanted, being conditioned with information that is going to corrupt them and take away their innocence and take away the joy of childhood and promote ideas that are inverted promote ideas that are toxic, promote ideas that are going to change who these kids are. And unfortunately, I think it's all by design, but I don't want to go too far down the conspiracy rabbit hole. And I don't want to name any specific groups and I don't want to name any specific religious texts. But when you, when you look at the big picture, this has been going on a long time. It's like the boiled frog. If you got the water boiling and you throw the frog in, it'll jump right out. But if you got cold water and the frog is swimming around in the pot, and you turn the heat up, eventually the frog is going to boil in the water. And I want to make sure that all of us are not a bunch of boiled frogs. There's still time to fix this. There is still time for the young guys out there to find a good woman and have a family, have a strong traditional family. There is still time to get healthy. There is still time to get off all of your pharmaceutical medication. And I'm required to say with doctor supervision, you must check with your doctor before getting off the pharma meds because we have a system that is for profit. This sick care system is for profit. So they profit 
by you having your monthly subscription to whatever pill they think you need to take. And at the end of the day, we need more nature. We need clean water. We need water filtration at the home. We need more sunlight. We need less artificial light. We need less screen time. We need more laughing and singing and friends and adventures and dreams. And there's still hope. And I think just we're living in a time, especially now what's going on with so many people struggling financially, we're living in a time where people are giving up hope. And I refuse to. I refuse to because if I do, then what's the point? What's the point of getting out of bed every day if you give up hope? And that's not going to happen. So I don't know who you are and I don't know how you found this channel, but you can go to my link tree, unchained.brain. You can check out my book on Amazon, The Unchained Life Manual. There's a link to my supplement store at Optimally Organic. You can get your fulvic minerals there. You can get your red pine oil there. You can get all kinds of extracts that are created through a patented process that no one else can do uh, except my buddy who is the scientist who owns the company. And it's phenomenal stuff. It's life-changing. You can find me on TikTok, unchained.brain, and we will catch you guys soon.